Hey there, Lisa. How are you today? I'm really good, Nat. What about you? Oh, I am really good. I'm very excited though because I feel like we're taking our fantastic podcast to a whole new level because now we're starting to bring on guests and we've got a really exciting guest today. Do you want to share who we are going to be chatting with? We are chatting with Sandy Davies and Sandy is, uh, welcome Sandy, and you're the Queensland-based formulator and founder of Happy Paws Balm. Sandy's a bit of a rebel who struggles with taking no for an answer, which is how she came to turn the lack of a simple, preservative-free natural solution for vulva vulvo vaginal dryness into her mission. The creation of Happy Paws is Sandy's yes, don't suffer in silence. A tiny pearl of Happy Paws and you'll have a spring back into your step. Sounds awesome. Dryness is caused by perimenopause, chemotherapy, endometriosis, type 1 diabetes, endurance training, postmenopause or other issues should never be a death knell to doing the active things we love, which is why Sandy created Happy Paws and it has brought her so much joy in doing this. So Sandy, welcome. What an awesome product you have uh, formulated for us. Thank you so much, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here. This is really awesome. I've just enjoyed you bringing this podcast to all of us going through peri and postmenopause and having those crucial conversations. So I love being here. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we're really excited, as we said, to have you on, Sandy. And um, we got to know you oh, going back a few months now. And uh, we had a great conversation then and got to know you really well. And you've helped us out and supported us through our most recent endeavour was the World Menopause Day panel and got great some great feedback. And one lucky person got to um, uh, have one of the Happy Pause Balms that you sent through us to us for that giveaway. So thank you very much. But look, to get started, perhaps you can tell us a little bit about yourself and your perimenopause story. Yeah, so I was happily semi-retired up in the tropics of far north Queensland and perimenopause hit. And to be honest, I was quite ignorant about the whole perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause journey. And it's my, I guess, my own fault for not going out and trying to source that education, but you don't until it hits you. And the biggest thing I think is changing maybe for the next generations, but for our generation, it hit us when we're in our stride and we're too young and we're outraged. It can't be menopause. I think it's just, we always had this perception that it was something of something that someone, you know, fully gray went through, not us in our forties hitting our stride. And then I had so many unsuccessful visits to my GP and it was at a time that my mum was living with us and we were caring for her in the final stages of her life. And when I added trying to do medical runs for her to then me having appointments with my GP, that was an entire day. So by the time when you live remote, you drive to Cairns, do the appointment, wait for the appointment. It's an entire day. So you end up then having so much time that you're trying to manage that you kind of then end up letting yours slide when your GP isn't terribly helpful, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Eight trips to my GP just to continually be told you're not in full menopause. It's just perimenopause. And the way I was told in that condensing tone, it's just perimenopause. I didn't really then go and do my own research and learn that perimenopause is the journey and it is the transition. And 
then, like I said, I just felt a little bit ignorant when I realized, oh, menopause is only one bloody day. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, so many women get surprised about that still. And, you know, it's, you know, that timing and putting yourself last and it's such similar themes that we constantly hear going on. And it's sort of like, you know, just suck it up, just deal with it. But you know what? That's absolutely not what we should be doing, is it? Absolutely not. And, and you know, the thing I found with my GP is the final end result was, well, I could offer you counselling. Counselling is really beneficial. I know that. But it's not beneficial for physiological symptoms. Right. And counselling was not going to fix my dry vagina. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, it won't. You can talk to it all day long, but it's still not going to work, probably. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's just one of those things because you end up then sort of, I don't know, just navigating through it a little bit alone, which I love. Now we're having these conversations and it's not a solo journey anymore. But mm. for me, I'm, I'm by no means no Lane Beachley at all. But there were days where I felt like I was lame paddling out and I would catch this awesome wave. I've got this. Yeah. And then the next day I would go out and just turn my back for a nanosecond and get hit by a monster rug wave and go, really, how am I going to get through this? Yeah. It is just one of those things that there's so many different symptoms that we don't know. Well, we do now this, like, I'm just so happy that we're having this conversation and the next generation aren't paddling through quite as isolated as as I did. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, really powerful too. And and it is, and it's it's the whole basis of the work that we're doing. And um, it is, and it's about yeah, educating that next genera- generation. Um, even I, I put myself in that because I'm not at perimenopause. So the amount I'm learning, um, you know, from speaking with uh, women like yourself is is pivotal. You know, it's really important. So we know a little bit about your own story in, you know, what led you to create Happy Pause. Can you let us know exactly what Happy Pause is and, you know, what have you set out to achieve in creating this product? And you probably touched on it a little bit in your story, but we'd love to hear it in, in your own words. Yeah, well, so Happy Pause is a treatment for a vulval and vaginal dryness. And what I discovered then trying to navigate through dryness was my worst symptom. So we, we have brain fog and all those other symptoms as well. But for me, dryness was the thing. I couldn't sit still. I couldn't concentrate. I would get micro tears from toilet paper. Um, mm. And so often people think dryness is just about painful intercourse. And it has everything to do with sex in that feeling good down there helps us feel like our best self and our and our sexy self and our happy self but it's so much more than just intercourse you can have even your vulval skin can can stick together or rub or irritate through the day which then makes you more restless sitting through a movie or sitting through your job or being productive it can affect you if you're trying to train for a, um, a triathlon you can end up with so much discomfort from swimming and cycling and even running. Um, The same as you get micro tears of toilet paper, you can end up with micro tears from the friction of running. It can stop us doing so many of the things that we love and we enjoy. And I discovered I'd sort of started to stop some of the things I enjoyed because I had a horrible reaction to what the chemist gave me. Went down a whole new journey about dryness. Most things are huge applicators. They're high volume. You have to wear a panty liner. It doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And it's so chemical. 
that you can explode if you have sensitive skin. So then I started ordering things from all over the world that boasted natural ingredients and they would still be sticky or they would still be a huge dose. And in the end, I made my chemistry teacher from high school so proud so many years later because I went back to the lab and I created something that was all natural and preservative free and only takes, it only takes the tiniest little magical pearl. It's just amazing. So instead of a huge vial of 10 to 20 mil, it just takes the tiniest little pearl and it lasts all day or all night. And for me, it just gave me my groove back and gave me the freedom to be able to manage everything else. It, for me, it was the pivotal thing that made all the difference in the world. And now I always go on about, if you feel good down there, you feel good everywhere. And I don't mean that in just a trivial way, like feeling good in our core. It helps our, our confidence and our groove and just our mental capacity to know we've got this. Yeah, I really love that. And, you know, and that's part of um, our message as well, um, you know, I guess alongside perimenopause is that whole health you know it's not just what we see on the surface it's not just about mental health it's it's the whole body and me being a yoga teacher and meditation teacher you know i'm very much around that mind body connection and when we are feeling discomfort in a certain area or we're feeling tension or tightness you know across the body that does it affects our entire being so you know i think what you've you've done and what you're creating here is really important and powerful for women so part of our mission at own your health collective is to help women see that they can define their own perimenopause journey right and it, it is something that you know women look at us think really you know I've, I've been trying to ignore this and bury this i don't want it to want to bring it to the surface but we really do believe that women can you know define what it feels like what it looks like even what it is to them so what are some of the ways that you've defined your own perimenopause and, and menopause journey over the years yeah well well unfortunately mine is being out there now and being the menopause queen and not being able to take it back <laughs> <laughs> which is often quite a fast way to clear a room. Yeah. <laughs> I, you own it so well, Sandy. So you go, girl. <laughs> but, you know, one of the funny things I've found from it too is that um, in being open to having the conversation, I have so many conversations with men. And I'm discovering that quite often the men in our lives, be they partners, brothers, parents, sons, well, even especially young sons in their twenties, I've had so many conversations with men that say, I want to know what to do to make the life better of the person that I love when they're struggling. And it's just amazing. And I I love it. And I love that I had a young lad in his twenties, ask me what he could do. And it was the week after I had a menopausal meltdown. So we have jokes in our family. I, during perimenopause, I had a menopausal knuckle and I'd always know my hormones were starting to do that little roller coaster thing when my knuckle would flare up. And it just became the family joke about my menopausal knuckle. And I would just have these menopausal meltdowns that would hit out of nowhere. And like, I'm a capable go-getter and I just dive in and no is never an answer. There's always a solution. And I'd have these complete meltdowns, had a meltdown in the DFO car park <laughs> during a busy Christmas rush and just literally full on had a meltdown at the boot of the car. 
And my husband was awesome. He just came and grabbed my bags and set them down and wrapped his arms around me. Instead of trying to flap and fix it, he just said, I know this can be shit sometimes. Let me help. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm going to fix it. Just, and it just, I was like, yes, that's what we need to hear. And sometimes other family members in our life don't know how to do it. So it's awesome when you can share those practical tips for how to do it. And, and I had another instance a long time before that I suppose many of us have in the perimenopause journey. If, because once we start to have all those fluctuations and our periods go all over the shop, they get closer, they get heavier, we have flooding events, and then we won't have anything for months. We start to yearn for that menopause day where we've gone 12 months without a cycle. And I used to joke about my kamikaze eggs because I would be six or seven months thinking, yes, I'm almost at the finish line. I've got this. And then boom, when you least expect it and be the least prepared, this kamikaze egg would say, you're not done yet. (laughs) And I had to actually keep myself together because I had a kamikaze egg drop in a shopping center. And it was so embarrassing and so humiliating. And I felt like I was 14 years old, again, having to trundle out of the bathroom, find a chemist in a shopping center in Brisbane I wasn't familiar with, all the while trying not to cry like an eight-year-old that's just dropped her ice cream, and then do the walk of shame back to the bathroom. And we all have those moments, and it's okay. We get through them and eventually you'll hit that 12 month mark and then into that postmenopausal second spring. Yeah, so powerful. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of things is that that whole mentality around fixing, you know, and I remember um, early days, Lisa, and you might remember this. I remember speaking to a male who said, you know, I wish I could have supported my wife through this or I've watched my mum go through this and I, I haven't known how to support her. So it's, you know, it's it's really a great conversation. And I think, you know, I'm not sure if it's men or women or both collectively, we just want to be able to fix things, don't we? We want to put people out of their misery and, and try and change the world. And we've been doing a lot around, you know, menopause in the workplace and trying to help businesses start that conversation. And one of the messages that we have is that, you know, managers or leaders of businesses aren't expected to fix menopause for women. That's, we're not looking for that. (laughs) We just want Uh, support and education. And one of the things too, with the workplace, I had a really interesting workplace experience that um, I was in a, working in a resort and we had a female bully manager And she was a very vicious manager that was very, very clever at how to get under the skin of and destroy young girls or not, I'm sorry, young women. And she just, she would always zone in and target on women in their twenties that were happy. And if they were happy and capable and strong at what they were doing, she would just find a way to completely cut them off at the knees and wipe them out. And it was keeping me up at night and I wasn't sleeping. And I kept attributing it to menopause and thinking this era, I've never had so much trouble with sleep. It's nice. It must be a menopause symptom. And I had the biggest reality check when I walked away with a mass walkout of staff. And the next night I slept so well. And then I went back to sleeping well. 
And I thought, you know, it was a, just a little bit of a reality check of don't always blame menopause, especially if you're dealing with stress in the workplace. It can be harder to manage that stress. But sometimes the things that you're dealing with are your intuition guiding you. So things like not sleeping at night or having a bit of a stress attack, it's not always perimenopause. Sometimes it's those other realities of sometimes a toxic workplace. So don't discount what you're feeling and what's happening and write it off as solely perimenopause because it can just be a crap situation. Yeah, so, so very true. And that was the second point that I took from um, how you defined your journey was around that mindset and perception, right? We can get so caught up in the mind and the thoughts and, you know, embarrassment and guilt and shame. And, you know, a great way to define it is to come back into the mind and recognize the thoughts, see what we're thinking, see why we're thinking it, thinking where where are these thoughts coming from? What are the belief patterns that are sitting behind those thoughts um, that are making me feel this way? So yeah, very, very powerful things that you've touched on there. Very true. So this podcast, Perimenopause Power, and I'll emphasize power, is all about helping women find their power, use their personal power or nurture their personal power because we all have it, right? It's, it's It might just be deep inside and we've got to bring it out. So What does coming into your own power mean to you? For me, it's just embracing everything that is magic and good about the life I've lived thus far. That that second spring, it's not completely forgetting the the bad moments or the struggle journeys. But for me, all of the goodness of the last 53 years has brought me to now, as well as all the the tragedies and the heartbreaks but I love the freedom in this era of focusing on the good and it just gives you that extra little bit of power and that extra bit of lift and and just making you ready for the next few decades with a sense of freedom and and a sense of not caring maybe as much what other people think you own it now and you own it even stronger than you you did like you you think you had it and you owned it in your 30s. Well, just wait till your 50s. It is 100 times better. So for me, I just loved you just kind of come into, into your own with a strength that was always there, but you're just more in tune with it. And yeah, it's just, it's powerful. And everyone's journey is their own. And we, we all get to it our own way. But that underlying strength of we've got this is universal. And it, yeah, it rises up. Oh, I love that. There's a real sense of being comfortable with who you are there that you're explaining, Sandy. I, I do love it. And, you know, you can't sort of discount the, you know, the shitty stuff that's happened in your life. You pull it all together and you bring it all together and um, you just be thankful for it really because it, it helps shape you. And I'm 51, so I've hit my 50. So I'm really happy to hear that the 50s are great. So thanks for that. <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you, you know, one thing we hear so often is that um, menopause is a topic that us women are just not talking about with our families. And you have hit on a little bit with our families, our friends, our work. What advice do you have for women around starting the conversation about menopause? And how, you know, what are your thoughts on how we can break this taboo around menopause? So I'm not naturally a funny person. But I honestly think some, sometimes the best icebreaker into it is humor. And 
when I started having trouble with my menopausal knuckle, it was actually quite serious. It was like, oh my knuckle, it really hurts. This is so weird. Why is this happening? And it evolved into this family joke about my menopausal knuckle. And it was just this great little transition magic piece to say, I'm having a bit of a hard day or got a bit of brain fog or any of those things. It was bloody menopausal knuckle is playing up again and we'd all have a great big laugh. And I think if you can find a bit of humor to initiate the conversation, it just makes everybody more comfortable talking about it, whether it's at work or whether it's with your kids or with your partner or with extended family. And I think even too, just having a huge ass giggle about it because I've got a bit of a trend happening in the UK where one with within my international orders, it's five jars for the one flat postage fee for international. Um, they've got a gaggle of women who have started then telling their friends, telling their friends, and one person will order five jars and then they will all go to the pub for the distribution. And the conversations that come back are magical. It's just hilarious. And you have the conversations that you don't normally have. So yeah, I reckon just even get out there with your girlfriends and have a laugh and find that way then to initiate the conversation with humor. I love that. That humor is, it really is nice breaker. And I, I myself haven't had any hot flushes except one around, it was around June this year where I was rushing to, I was rushing to meet Nat or going to an appointment and I, I downed a coffee and I had this woolen jumper with a turtleneck on and I got into the car and all of a sudden I was just like, went weird. I just had, and I, I rang Nat and I said, Nat, I think I've just had my hot, my first hot flush. And we were having such a giggle about it, like, you know, and now it's a, it's become a story that I tell, but you do, you need to have that humour and it makes people more comfortable, I think, doesn't it? Just having that little bit of an icebreaker, that little bit of a laugh, and then they're more more comfortable to actually talk about the more important part of, of menopause and, and what it means to them or perimenopause as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and even just having a laugh about your new fashion sense of wearing layers. Yeah. So you can quickly strip off when the hot flush hits. That's right. <laughs> and it's just, oh, and I, well, actually, I meant to say to you guys at the very start, and I totally forgot, I'm wearing a nudie branch dress today with the Nautilus shell. Because one of my big things with perimenopause is one of the easiest ways to get through it is to become a nudie branch and become a Nautilus because that the Nautilus in the ocean is that beautiful round shell with the brown stripes. It has all these chambers and it establishes its buoyancy by releasing or sucking in and finding that perfect buoyancy spot. Mm. And I think sometimes on days when we have like a really heavy symptom day, we have to just be able to release some of that energy to find our buoyancy and let a few things go and just understand that, hey, we don't have to juggle the 12 balls in the air that we did in our thirties, it's okay to just juggle two balls or just let them all sit on the desk and just breathe because the world won't stop spinning and we'll get through everything and we can slow it down to get through the tasks that we need to do. So true. And I think, you know, what you hit on there around humor, it really just, I guess, solidifies that we've just got to stop taking ourselves so seriously or situations so seriously and just roll with the punches. 
So really, really powerful. And um, yeah, I love that idea around buoyancy and, and just coming back into ourselves and acknowledging, you know, what it is that we can do. Um, I'm a big believer and I do say that, you know, um, I believe we can do everything that we want, but in that given moment, we have to define what everything looks like to us. We can't, as you said, juggle 12 million balls in one day at the same time. What does everything look like to us? And if it, if that thing doesn't fit in that day, well, okay, let's just shift it over to the next day. Yeah, so magic. Great. Yeah, so great. And um, thanks so much, Sandy. We have loved your energy. We really have loved getting to know you and um, your product, Happy Paws. Can you let the listeners know where can they find you and learn more about your product? Yeah, absolutely. So find me on the web through happypaws.com.au or Instagram, happypaws underscore menopause. And yeah, come come and read a bit more on the website, discover a bit more about dryness because like I said, the biggest battle is that everyone always thinks it's just about sex and intimacy. And 80% of us, now the new research coming out of Italy, 80% of us sometime after the age of 40 will experience dryness. And it's not always debilitating dryness, but it's still dryness that can be a hindrance. And just having that moisture on our vulval and vaginal walls can be a panacea that just gives us a bit of a superpower strength then to get through everything else. So I'm a huge advocate of don't think about dryness as just something to do with intimacy. It is about the core of our well-being for me and it's what gave me my groove back and helped me flower back into that amazing happy beautiful sexy got it happening self so great and you you share some really great memes and information on your instagram page as well and i just wanted to add um sandy has got a beautiful quote right behind her happy pause do you your way because you are enough and as you've been talking i just see that in my vision and you know it just epitomizes everything that that you're doing and and that we're doing too and so we feel so grateful to have connected and, and had you on our podcast as well yeah. Oh, thanks so much. And thanks for pointing that out because when you do have a menopausal meltdown day, you really have to just internalize that message so strongly because you are enough and you are fine 110% as you are, even on a meltdown day. And tomorrow is always a new day. Love thanks, it. Sandy. Some beautiful words there and we get like, like Nat said, just loved having you on and listening to what you had to share with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this special podcast episode. This is the final episode for 2021. It has been exciting to bring our perimenopause power podcast to you. And we look forward to the new year where we're going to be bringing you some more amazing guests, great topics and delightful conversations about this very important life stage for us women. Have a fabulous break with your family and friends and we will see you in 2022.